What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. Wish with me is Kev and Liz. The takeover, lots, guys. I was gonna say lots <laughs> of questions, starting with where's Josh, Liz? Somewhere else. I've been giving you guys so much sass in chat. I figured it was time to give you sass in person. Also, he didn't even attend the game or watch the game. So what does he know? What? So, uh, but so you were at the game. I was you did at a full the game. 90. Yeah. And you, did, you got a whole bunch of questions that we're going to play later. Josh just decided to sit it out. <laughs> he was, So we did Four Chords Music Festival um, down at the Wild Things Park. And it's a two-day festival. And we went Friday and Saturday but I left to go to the game and then Josh stayed at the park to watch the end of the festival. Um, so we divided and conquered. He, you know, did the crazy almost mosh pit thing. Not my jam. And I did the game thing, which is my jam. Perfect. I, I've been calling for you to jump on the show for the past few weeks. So I'm <laughs> more than happy to see you. Um, I was a bit confused because before I saw that Josh was in the document, but then it said that Liz was going to be here. And then you were messaging me from Josh's Slack. I was like, what is going on? So that's where yeah. the link was. It was a lot of work to, to <laughs> move the link. That's that's fair. Kev, what's uh, what's going on in uh, Tennessee? Nothing, nothing new. Um, I feel like the only news to talk and report about is like, you know, around TV shows that we've watched. So like, I don't want to get into that. But yeah, I finally finished Stranger Things. I'm finally caught up with Stranger Things, put it that way. I am not. I haven't watched the last, what, two seasons now? Yeah, yeah. Really good. I'd recommend it. But yeah, I'm not saying anything. You should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not saying anything that like the rest of the world doesn't already think. But yeah. (laughs) Liz, did you catch any of the uh, the D23 announcements? Any like Marvel or Disney or Star Wars stuff that you're excited about? I mean, Josh told me that there were lots of things he was excited about. And then he had to wait to come home to watch it on the projector <laughs> because watching it on his phone at a concert was not his preferred way. So he like turned off all notifications. He's like, I just want to know what's happening. I don't want to hear anything about the trailers. And I was like, okay, it's a little much. Um, I'm sure they'll be delightful. I will gladly watch them, but I don't. I don't follow the news reports. Mike, Josh is like you do. Buzzkill. Well, um, no, I. I thought it was interesting. We watched uh, Pinocchio as a family, and I like. I must have had like repressed childhood memories. There was something about Pinocchio in the whale that like really like messed me up as a kid. I remember going to see Pinocchio on ice. And they literally had like this like whale come out and like swallow them. But just the imagery of this whale. And so we watched, you know, hopefully no spoilers. Hopefully everybody knows the story of Pinocchio. (laughs) Pinocchio is an old story. You can spoil it. Yeah. But like this whale in this movie had like tentacles and was like this just mass. And it just, I watched it and I was like, nope, nope, can't do that. There was just something about it that like, Hmm. it was a little too much for me. But um, it doesn't sound like a whale. It was supposed to be a whale, but okay. they like, you know, they they sort of like deceed it in the way that they took a trident and like put five points on it, so it's no longer a trident. They like took a whale and added a bunch of stuff to it, so it's not really a whale, but they called it a whale. So, yeah, that's kind well, of. Well, cool. so I'm just really Perfect. confused about the whole Pinocchio stuff because I know there's there's like two different Pinocchio movies coming yes. out at the same time, and I'm uh, that's just throwing me up, and I'm just like I'm done. Okay, so, but what about Winnie the Pooh horror? How do we feel about that? Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. It entered public domain this year, and someone's already released like 
I, all I've seen is the Winnie the Pooh and he looks truly horrifying. There is a horror yeah. film that costs probably like $10 and a handshake um, to make. Yeah. People are very yeah. excited. <laughs> so is Kevin's cat who has now yeah. entered the frame for those of you who are watching live. So um, yeah, Kev, there's two Pinocchios. So the one that's out now was done by Disney and has Tom Hanks playing Geppetto. And then I think it's Guillermo del Toro did that's his version of it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I want to see that one too. I think that's supposed to be on Netflix in like a month or two. Um, but it's like with anything with these, these production companies, I think one gets wind that somebody's doing something and it becomes like a race to see who could do which version of what, but yeah. Anyway, um, for those of you that turned in to hear all about Disney, you're welcome. For those who are looking for hound stuff, just a few more things to touch on before we dive into this game. One, uh, just a couple reminders that we touched on. Uh, for those of you who don't, be sure to go follow us on Twitter and on uh, YouTube. Justin has started releasing game day previews. And so if you are part of our Twitter circle, which I'll get to in a second, then you will get access to the game day preview first thing in the morning. If you are not, then we will release it a little bit before game time. So you'll still have a few minutes to watch it, but you don't get you know the experience of getting pumped up for it. The second bit, is our Twitter circle. So um, Twitter circles are basically like private little groups that you can have that you, it's invite only. And uh, and so the way it works is that we're going to try to use our Twitter circle to really give back to sort of the diehard fans. And so if you want to be part of our Twitter circle, that's where we're going to start doing all of our daily polls. We're going to start doing that next week. So all the daily polls we've been doing now are going to move inside the Twitter circle starting next week. Um, live game reactions and conversations, those early access to game day previews, uh, we started doing spaces at halftime uh, at the game on Saturday. So at halftime, we just jumped on Twitter, opened up a space. It was basically like a live radio show, and we just talked about how we thought the game was going. So Justin and I had a bit of a back-and-forth conversation, but we're expecting, you know, for away games like the game on Wednesday, we'll do the same thing. We'll jump on on Twitter. If you're following us, if you're part of the Twitter circle, uh, if, you're, if you follow us, then you'll know when the circle is happening. You'll sort of pop, or, or the space is happening. You'll be able to listen. If you're part of the Twitter circle, then you can actually join the conversation as well. So if we bring up a topic and you have something to say, there's a way to just like raise your hand and we can tag you in and then you can start talking as well and we can hear you. And it's it's really kind of cool. So if you want to be part of the Twitter circle, it's a dollar a month. Just go over to our Twitter space uh, or our, our profile page, twitter.com backslash Mongols. If you want a hat like the one that I'm wearing, it's basically black and gold. It has the secondary Mongols logo on it. It's 30 bucks and that'll get you the hat plus access to the Twitter circle for the full year. So go check that out. As I mentioned, we're really trying to focus on making more engagement. I just, I just read an article this morning about how social media is becoming less social. Like people just aren't interacting as much. And so we're trying to figure out neat ways to get people engaged. And so we put out a, a tweet today about how, how most of the MLS logos are crap and like that spurred a bunch of conversation. And we also put out one today about the USL has been talking for a while now about switching the schedule to a fall, winter, spring schedule versus a spring, summer, fall schedule. And people got to vote and tell us which one they would prefer. And so that could be part of a conversation later. So go check all of that out. Um, but with all of that now out of the way, guys, we had a massive game on Saturday. Hounds drew nil-nil with Louisville. Real quick, before we start to get into our thoughts, we did put out a poll basically the morning after asking how people felt. And basically gave them the options of good, you know, we're, we took it to the best team in the league and we should have, could have beat them. 
or frustrated. You know, why didn't we play like that the last few games and or beat Louisville? And 52% of people felt good. So I think that's, that's a good sign, but I also have a lot of questions. Liz, you were there. How did you feel about the game? I felt good. I mean, the guys, they, they really pushed the entire game. Like I talked to a couple of them afterwards and just really complimented on the, they were very aggressive, very forceful, very in everyone's face. They were playing their game. Um, There weren't, you know, just trying to be cute or anyone, you know, out for their own glory. It was, it really felt like a great team effort. Um, and there weren't like, we've talked about it before where the ball sat in front of Ned and someone like Dequel was right there and he didn't put it in. Like those were, those are very frustrating. And I saw a lot more, a lot more passes and a lot more true opportunities that like, not that those aren't true opportunities, but opportunities where I felt that you could build on that and you can say, okay, this went really well. And we just have to add this piece to it as opposed to everything was there. What's going on? Why aren't, why aren't we finishing? So, um, I think that it was a really positive game. Good, good. Kev, how did you feel after after this was all done and dusted? Similarly, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought they played really well. Um, I did feel like we had a good first like fifteen minutes, and it. But at the same time, after you got through that fifteen minutes, we kind of got into this period of the game where, at least to me, it felt like Louisville kind of weathered that storm and it was kind of all coming to plan for them. Like I, I kind of, you know, I could just see it kind of be written that Louisville comes here, soaks up a ton of pressure looks like they're not playing well. They get one chance to put it away and they win one nil or something. Um, in that sense, you know, Jamali Waite made some good saves uh, and you know, we, it's, that didn't happen. Right. So, yeah, I mean, look, Louisville's a great team. I think, you know, we were, maybe not as like great as maybe some of the like the the kind of content and narrative I've seen like on Twitter um but I thought we had a good game I thought we played well I thought we played better than we have in the past couple games in the past couple weeks um against arguably the best team in the league so yeah it was I think it was good and I think it's even a hell of a lot better that given the Birmingham result um so which we can talk about later but but yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good game, good result, um, and I'm happy with it. Bill Gordon just shared in our chat. Hi, Bill. Saturday's game felt like a playoff game. A point earned is better than none at all. I, I can't really disagree with that. I think what was surprising in, in what I sort of mentioned in sort of our little halftime chat was going into this game, I was anxious to see what version of the Hounds would show up especially with us sort of playing to the level of the Atlanta United twos and the New York Red Bulls and the batteries. And like, how, how are we going to face against the top team in the league? And by the time we got to halftime, it felt like we deserved more than a point at that point in time. And so I think both Justin and I said that if we going into that game, it was kind of like, we'll take a point. But by halftime, I was thinking, less than three is a bit of a letdown, which is a weird position to be in, like going into the game. Is that how you felt at the end of the game? As the game drew on, I still felt like we were the better team. Like I felt like Louisville had half chances. They had shots that were like going over the bar. You know, I think Ownby tried to just like flick one over his shoulder. They had a lot of like hope and prayer chances. And I thought our defense did a really good job of just 
it seemed like any time an attack was coming, we would sort of have the first block and they wouldn't get a second sniff at it. Like we would get the first block and then we'd have somebody on it right away and we were just swarming around the ball defensively. And so I thought that was that was great. I think, Liz, to your point, I think they had a plan and I think they came in and as a team executed that plan really, really well. Um, yeah. I would say for how good like Louisville is for their season and, and where they're in the standings, I felt like they made quite a few mistakes that unfortunately didn't end up with, you know, our ball in the back of the net, which says to me, like, Bob tripped them up. We didn't play yeah. quite the normal game. Like, we did something that had them off balance because they weren't playing, like, the top team in the East. Like, the the times that they fell and, like, there wasn't rain, so there's no reason for the grass to be slippy. Like, just the things that were happening, um, keeping them off balance, I think that that is – I'd like to see, you know, more of that. Maybe the goal is to, instead of having, I know that there's a lot of turnover and that we often see a lot of changes in the lineup, but I don't know that we see a lot of changes in base play. Maybe using some of that versatility that I know Bob always searches for when he searches for players. Using some of that versatility to keep people off balance, it really worked against Louisville. And I think it could work again against other teams. I think what was interesting was it definitely felt like this was a case where Lily drew up a game plan and he said, this is how we're going to do it. I think there were two things that stood out. I think one was Kelly Rosales at right back, which after the game, we sort of put out our uh, Twitter poll for man of the match and our options that we put out were Dequa, Waite, Griffin, and then basically the back line of Peters, Williams, Ordonez. And based on your votes, the winner was Peters, Williams, Ordonez, but, um, uh, Matt Grubba, who is the comms guy for the Hounds, basically selected other. And I said, who? And then when I saw the, the team released their man of the match and they had it, it was Kelly Rosales, which that first of all was interesting. And I want to talk about that. But second of all, it seemed like we opted to completely cut out our midfield. And it was every time we would get to the back line, we would play balls over the top. And we basically had a four man front line of forwards of of Cicerone, Dequa, uh, Mertz, and um, Dixon, all just running at the ball. And the game plan was get one of those guys some space, let them try to win one-on-one battles, and see what happens. And for the first 15 minutes, and even you know as the game progressed, we were getting opportunity. I mean, we had that one that, what, Mertz ripped off the guy's face on the goal line after they almost put it in themselves, that it was a bit of a scramble. But that was a very interesting, like you're coming to our house. We're taking it to you. Like, we're not going to sit back. We're going to go straight at you. Unfortunately, we didn't get anything from it, but um, we got a point. We got a point. We got a point. That's true. Um, but yeah, yeah I, that, thought, that's I, I thought the, I, I, I agree with the, the kind of long ball ishness of it all. Um, I think I count like in the first half alone, there was a minimum of three times I remember um, Ordonez uh, just just pinging a long diagonal to Cicerone on the on the side, and like and like three out of three times it worked. Like I and that's what like huge credit to Ordonez. Like he was dropping it right where he needed it to. Cicerone was controlling it really well, um, and yeah, it did feel like so many times, especially in the second half when things got a little sloppy. Um, but yeah, it was just like okay, Deke was pretty good at fighting for the ball. We're just going to kick it long. We'll ask Deke to fight for the ball and put enough kind of like attacking midfielder players around to hopefully pick up the second ball. Um, you know, Kizza, 
gets his like stoppage time chance by essentially that happening, right? We just play a long ball and Kizza is just slightly faster than their defender. And then he gets kind of a half chance against Morton. Um, and, and that happened. So yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting and just huge credit to, I mean, speaking to the defenders real quick and about like the, like Liz, you mentioned kind of changing the structure and changing the formation and everything. Um, I mean, once again, Lily showing like just huge responsibility on, on the defenders. Like regularly it was like three Louisville guys against like our three center backs and just asking them continually to go one-on-one with their like uh, attacking players, which is really hard to do. Um, and yeah, they, they played really well. I mean, you know, all the blocks that they had in critical moments were really important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I, I'll speak for my, I've been, I was critical, I think, of our defense for large portions you of the season. And I, <laughs> no. I was critical of our defense for large portions of the season. And I think they're, they're playing really well right now. I do have yeah. one complaint about the defense and it's not because I don't think Peter's played well, but I don't think he was put in the right position for the players that he had to play against. He's just, he's not as fast as the people that he was put up against. And so he had to scramble as opposed to being able to use his height and his strength. Like he is a, he's a tall dude. Like he's strong. Like he, I would have liked to see him a little bit more towards the center and like backing that up. And I think we could have, we could have absorbed more pressure more easily and pushed more people forward. Then I think we might've gotten the goal. I just think that where he was placed was unfortunate in my opinion. Yeah. And on the flip side, the whole thing about Kelly Rosales on the back line, I mean, this wasn't like we didn't have other right backs at our disposal. Lily clearly saw something. And I think the fact that they talk about it a little bit, um, the, the announcers talked about it a little bit during the game. I think, one of the things about sort of moving midfielders around the field is that midfielders are very used to sort of knowing what's going on around them at all times. And so I wonder if Lily was just really kind of hoping he wanted an extra layer of defense down that right-hand side. So if anybody's pushing, nobody's going to sneak in behind him. Kelly was is going to be there to cover that. And knowing that you have I don't somebody. Know if I agree with that, but okay. I, but, and knowing that you're going to have some, he's not going to push forward and attack. His job was to stay at home and play in that spot. And that freed up Dixon to just stay up higher. Dixon's not going back and forth. Unfortunately, that didn't pan out for Dixon. I thought Dixon had a really quiet night. But I, for what he was asked to do, it sounded like he might have played that position like four other times in his entire career. And so to say, like, you're going up against the champs, go do that. Lily did something similar with, um, was it Vanky Azil two years ago? Where it was like, oh, you think we're going to play him here? We're going to play him this completely other spot. And it just like works out. And so this just felt and like Ryan that James, sort of part yeah, two. And Ryan James, too. He would do the same thing. Yeah. But I thought he did great. I mean, I, I totally get the team giving him a shout for man of the match. I thought he played well, too. I mean, Liz, to your point about like Jelani Peters, I, I agree. I think it was kind of he was put in an unfortunate position. And I really think it was like, yeah, like he had what he had Forbes and Ciceroni in front of him. Right. So like. Like Forbes isn't going to defend. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> Ciceroni isn't really going to track back. So it's like, yeah, Peters is is kind of like, all right, you're you're there to defend. And um, like he he stood up and he like he did his job. Yeah. I just think that if he had been you know over towards the center, that it it could have gotten us more chances. But the communication between the guys was, I think it was you know, above standard. I think that they were having really great communication and that they were all on the same page. And I didn't see like. 
when there were mischances, there wasn't like this frustration. It was like, we're going to keep doing this. We're hitting the plan. We're, you know, we're passing our balls. We're making, we're making this work. And even, you know, um, Daniels posted, you know, uh, Angelo Kelly's tweet. Um, it's from, you know, an, another league, but they're like pointing at the goal when they've missed after five games. They're like, for the guys up top, you don't make those kind of jokes if you don't have like a good locker room setting. And I love to see a good locker room setting. It's something that's really important to me. So just seeing them like communicate so well and then afterwards make a joke about like, hey, you didn't put it in the net, but like we had these opportunities. So I appreciate that that's what's happening right now in the season, that they're in a good place together. Yeah. I think what's interesting is I I think I was hoping to learn something about this team in this game, whether that is, okay, we played Louisville and we got completely outclassed. So that gives us like some sense of what the playoffs could look like, or we come in and um, we just like, we hold on and we get a point in which case it's like, okay, well we weren't outclassed, but we can hang with them. This was like, we took it to them and had one or two chances sort of fall in our way, we would have beat them. But that's not what happened. So I'm still sort of left struggling to to reconcile. Like, how do you guys feel? Do you feel like this is a game where it was one point gained or it was two points lost because we should have had three? Liz, do you think that based do you think that like the game or based on the season? Because they're two different answers. Oh, geez. now who sounds like Kevin? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. To be fair, I'm an attorney, so it depends. It's a fair answer for everything from me. I would say, based on the game, if you take this game in isolation, do you think that this was one point game gained or two points lost? I think it was two points lost. And I'm actually surprised by the stats that we only had 50% possession because I felt like we had more. And maybe it's just because when we had possession, I think that we were we were in their faces and we were on that side of the field. So um, for me, the game itself seemed like two points lost, but not like in a angry, upset, frustrated way. It's just right. like, Oh, those, those moments. Um, and if you listen to the full 90, we just didn't have any fairy dust and I don't know where it's at or what we need from it. Um, maybe they'll come from, you know, more jokes from the guys picking on each other, but there was just something that was missing. Um, so I think we lost two points. Kev, how you feel? I thought it was one point gained. Um, I I, kinda, I slightly disagree with the take that like we took it to them. I think there. I don't know. I think Louisville does a good job of like bending but not breaking in a lot of scenarios. I think in points and times where I don't know they look like they might be kind of out of sorts. I think they're probably in control more than we think. And I think a lot of the chances that we had, barring maybe the Kizza chance at the very end, and even the Mertz chance that was kind of bungled off the line. I mean, that was like, like that was a weird fluke thing that we didn't really create for ourselves. I mean, a little bit. I mean, we had to be there and we had to put the pressure on, but they like, they almost like rolled the ball into their own net. Um, I don't know. I thought Louisville That's control to you? in this game just asking <laughs> five yellow cards is, is control in they this didn't game score. yeah i think they needed to I, need, I think they needed to take five yellow cards in a game like this i mean i think that's like I, and the other thing too is like i didn't really catch now i, I don't know how much you want to put in like how, how much you want to allow this to influence 
the outlook on this game. But I didn't realize, like, okay, so Louisville's coming in and playing. This is the fifth game in two weeks for them. Four out of their five games are away from home. They had a midweek game that was away, and then they're coming here. So, you know, I've and, – and we're fairly fresh. We're at home. We know, like, you know – so – you know, I, I don't yeah, I think so, that definitely matters. And like we, it was a gorgeous day. It wasn't super hot. It was overcast. Like you had a, you had a number of things going for us in this game, but um, I have a hard time seeing them slip and slide and go down and saying that, oh yeah, they did it on purpose and they were composed. And like, that was their choice. I think back to the question, cause Kev, what you're talking about feels like the broader context of what we might want to take away from this game. I think in the context of like just this game, I think as the tiebreaker, I'm going to side with Liz and say that I just because of how we were feeling, especially at halftime and that to to your point, Liz, like they showed the halftime stats and we had like 45% possession. And I was like, what the, what? Like we, we dominate, like there's no way. And so um, the eye test in the first half was that we should have been ahead substantially. Kev, to the broader I don't, I don't think point, we dominated the first half. I just want to say. Okay, yeah, yeah, we, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but to your point, does 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 drawing with Louisville, should we not feel as good about that based on what led up to this game? So you painting the picture of this was Louisville's fifth game in two weeks, and they had one midweek, and they were both away from home. And so they're traveling to play us at Highmark. Should we have really, like – twisted the knife a little bit or I mean we haven't played like that all season why would I have expected that like I, I don't think that's fair to say like oh man look at all these things stacked up for you why didn't you take down the first team in the east I'd rather have this as a positive result um and then and move it forward towards playoffs right now we have a home playoff game um yeah I think that I don't think this is a disappointment. I don't think anyone should feel disappointed about this tie. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think like also like through the course of the season, right? Like you can, if you know the teams well enough, like, okay, so obviously like I know the Hounds and I don't really know any other Eastern Conference teams other than when we play them. But like on some level you can say, like, okay, like is this team generally overperforming or underperforming based off of like where they're at in the standings? And then based on, you know, you can maybe have some kind of internal guesswork and say, well, okay, like Louisville's first, but I really think they should be kind of like third. I think they've gotten lucky and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're, you know, fifth or fourth. And I really think we should be like, I don't, I don't think there was anything like that in this game. Like I, like in my head, like Louisville is the better team than us. They've proven that over the course of the season and the times I've seen them play against us and like the highlights I've seen of them play other teams this isn't something like we're actually pretty close and, you know, the table is kind of lying to us. So in that way, you know, given that, okay, they had, they had five games in two weeks and they've had a bit away and we're blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, it, it helps, but it's still, you know, they're still a better team. They're a great team and we're a good team. And we, yeah, we, we, we stood up to them. We played them well. We created chances we could have won, they could have won, and we walk away with a point, and I think that's pretty good. Here's a question. Um, I think we all universally agree that the ref was terrible. We say it all the time. Um, if this ref had actual control of the game and let the game play, um, do we think that we would have won or that Louisville would have gotten that goal? 
Because I felt like the ref did this a lot, like push his hand down because he couldn't follow the ball. And so he just stopped play. The only thing he did right was five yellow cards. And that's because I'm biased. I know that's not <laughs> actually right. Um, he just didn't seem to have any kind of idea what was going on. So he just stopped playing a lot. And it was he very did, He did love a... Uh, uh, <laughs> can we slow down a little? You're too fast. Um, and it just, it interrupted... On both sides, it interrupted a lot of play. So if the ref had been a little better, who would have won? Or would we still have tied? See, see that well-timed drink of water? <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I would like to think that we would have, just to the point of a fast-paced, free-flowing game is going to benefit the fresher team. And in this case of Louisville's at Highmark, after playing midweek, then you would have thought that we could have taken advantage of them maybe just needing a few more seconds for a breather in between breaks or whatever it may be. Um, but it's really, it's hard to say. I mean, to your point, Liz, like the five yellow cards, like there were some of those that probably shouldn't have been yellow cards. And then there were a bunch of no calls that absolutely should have been yellow cards. And so it's yeah. just like, we've said before that the sign of a great ref is that you don't really notice them during the game. And when you notice them a lot, then that means that they're not really doing their job the way that they should. And so it's frustrating for sure. But I I can't think of a specific set piece where it's like, oh, if we had taken that quicker, that's an easy goal. Like, it's just, yeah. I, it's tough. So I'll say this. I kind of came into this podcast with this in my pocket and I, like I was ready to kind of pull it. Like this wasn't, you know, <laughs> spurred oh, okay. on necessarily from your question list. <laughs> But because the the announcers like on TV made a point about like talking about the ref as well to points at times where I thought it was overly critical. And I mean, yeah, I, like you two probably know this well and have known this for a while. You know, I was like, I, I've been naive. My, I was like, I'll do a search. Like how much is this ref making? Like, and it's like, there's, there's no chance like, all, like, on average, they're getting paid maybe like 300 bucks a game. You couldn't pay me 300 bucks a game to get yelled at by Del Piccolo and Bob Lilly and by a whole crowd and try to keep up with this game and get to the stadium and not, you know, like, I'm just, you know, not that that has to do anything with like referee performance or whatever. Just, you know, like, I mean, I think yeah. it matters. Like, if you don't pay people enough, like, what quality of people are you getting? How much time do they have to dedicate to it? What else do they have to do with their lives? I do think yeah. it matters. Yeah. So I think. In that context, I've kind of, like, I don't know, the stance I'm kind of reorienting myself is to, I'm I'm giving passes a lot more to referees now. <laughs> I can I can forgive a lot, but he just interrupted every single play. And I think the game may still have been nil-nil. I think it may still have been a tie, but, like, you, there were so, there was so much going on. Like, the, the halftime when I went around to get questions, it was hard to think of a question because the game was entertaining. It was engaging. Everyone knew what was happening. We were all so excited. All we wanted to know was, why this ref? Why ref? <laughs> um, and that's just, I mean, it's really frustrating when that's the thing that's standing out to, I mean, 15 people. I probably actually got three questions and 15 people were like, I don't know. Why is the ref so bad? <laughs> yeah. And this is, I mean, this isn't just a problem that we're seeing. There's a podcast I was listening to and it's based in England, same thing. They're having the exact same conversation. And the problem is, is that it becomes a perpetual problem in that if the ref is bad and people give the ref a hard time, then you're going to have a bunch of refs that 
quit, retire, whatever, but you don't have people stepping into that position because they don't want to be treated poorly and they know that they're getting paid pennies. And so you're not replenishing it with good refs. So so it just becomes this whole perpetual thing. Like the worse they do, the worse talent they're going to get to replace it and the worse the problem is going to get. So how do you like actually fix this problem? You pay them more and you have required counseling for them. Just like you do for like EMTs, I and laugh, but like firefighters, and yeah. these, I mean, it's a high stress job. You yeah. get yelled at all the time. You're blamed for a lot of things. You need to be able to not just compartmentalize it during the day of, but you need to be able to like work through it so that you don't internalize it, so that you don't burn out. Everyone needs counseling. Get, but you know, get free counseling. Also, Agreed. I mean, encourage more women refs. Make the equal pay. Get rid of sexism. Like. These are things that we need to do. We're still really bad at all of those things. We don't pay them enough. We don't give them enough support. And we don't encourage women to be involved. Uh, There's my soapbox. Uh, I agree, yeah. (laughs) Anything else you guys want to talk about as it relates to this game before we get into Liz's? We're going to call it the halftime huddle because I think that's what you called it this time and you keep changing it. And I I thought about it and I was like, that's actually a pretty good name for this because we tend to do these in the middle of our show. So like you take the questions at halftime and then we talk about the game and then we do these questions and then we move on. So, so wait, I'm confused. Are you, are we, are, are, am I allowed to change it every time or are you just going to pick a name <laughs> that you like? <laughs> this was the question at the beginning of it. Uh, you do fine. what you want to do. Fine. You do what you want to do. That's but if you change answer. it every time, if, if you change it every time, then that means that like every episode we're gonna have to play a clip of you giving it a new name so just make oh. sure that you include that yeah You're that's a lot of pressure drunk clips <laughs> good. <laughs> good let's uh let's start with uh maria introduce yourself and ask your question this evening i'm maria patrillo and your question is um i want to know where josh is yeah, he's supposed to be our president. Let us down, didn't he? Yeah, I'm really Period. disappointed. You know, right. I thought when you know he elevated, he would be here more often. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Sad. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, me too. Me too. Where's Josh? <laughs> Where's Josh? Where's uh, Josh? I talked. <laughs> I talked to. Uh, Russell Cicerone's father on the field afterwards. And he's like, oh, where's your husband? I was like, oh, he's at a music concert. And <laughs> Russ's fiance was like, how do we get rid of him? I'm voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there are a lot of people anti-Josh right now. I'm just. Is, it, are you on tonight to uh, make an announcement, Liz? Uh, or are, no, you, are you announcing not. your candidacy for uh, president of the Steel Army? I will gladly continue to be your drunk mom. And I will make sure that, you know, all of your emergency needs are taken care of, but Josh is really much calmer and much better at being in charge. You do not want me in charge. It would be a huge <laughs> mistake. I can't wait for Fair next enough. week. Josh has to come back firing. <laughs> great. All right. Let's, uh, well, thank you, Maria, specifically for that question. Let's, uh, let's jump on to the. I'm Walt, and I'm a little bit confused because we have a team that appears to be fake Fiorentina wearing a fake Juventus kit with a goalkeeper that has fake Tennessee, but they're playing across the river, and they also have fake Borja Valero, too. So it's it's an interesting cosplay Louisville is going on, and I'm fascinating and confused by it. What was the question? Why? Oh, okay, why, guys? Sorry, not multiple parts, just why? I, I, I really appreciate, Liz, that 
he tried to just give us a statement and you're like, no, 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 no. I need a question. Like, what he are we actually asking? He promised me multiple parts. He's like, my question is multiple parts. I was like, great. Cause no one else has questions. <laughs> there was no question. <laughs> so it sounds like the question was based around, he didn't like <laughs> Louisville's away kit. And so for don't those of find, you who are, don't try to find reasoning in this. This was just, I'm just, I'm just listen for those watching the stream. I have Louisville's away kit up on the screen right now. It's kind of a white with some like vertical purple stripes that sort of fade to white at the top. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I like his comment though. It's a good pick out. I mean, Fiorentina's great. You know, I, one of the few teams in the world that has purple as their color not one of the few teams, but I'm saying relatively in the grand scheme of color choices, purple isn't very high. Um, and the Juventus, yeah, it's good, good, good observation. That's what I meant. The number of references he made, I doubt he's way smarter than me. You guys should have him on the show. I was like, sure. Good question. I don't want it. I don't want this. Is, this isn't an insult, but he probably just plays like a lot of FIFA and that's probably why it's possible. Yeah, well, if that's not true, make sure you come back at us. And it's at SparksK16 on Twitter. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. just go ahead and get them. It's actually not, um, so I'll let you. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess just to comment on Louisville's away kit, I, it feels a little busy to me. I'm, I'm, I think Louisville is one of those teams that you could get. I'm actually doing this. I'm like, he asked the question, so we're going to do this. I, okay. I think Louisville could get away with a solid purple and a solid white. And maybe just some texture to the white. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the the purple vertical stripe thing. It's just not. I don't like it. It's I not mean, they look. messed up. They messed up their shield, and they had to redo it twice, and that cost a lot of money. And this was their only option, is what I'm going with. That's fair. Kev, any any sort of. I'm just not on buying there? your a little busy shout because if you compare it to our jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still yeah, upset that you can't see all of the waves in our crest dumb i hate it yeah yeah decent point thanks i like purple i like purple on a shirt or a jersey i think it works so i'm, I'm happy with it thanks well i like our jersey uh, more but you know anyway yeah let's move on to the next one please tell me your name and your question uh tom and do you believe this is the most aggressive game you've seen this season there's been a lot of knocks guys not enough cards but a lot of knocks thanks for the question so most aggressive, and I think we could take this in two different ways. So I'm going to, I'm going to break this into a two-parter. Do you think that this is the most aggressive that we have played offensively, like going for it? And was this the most aggressive game physically, just in terms of like bodies crashing into bodies and warranted cards and even warranted cards that weren't given? So Liz, you sort of alluded to lots of bodies. Do you think that this was the most aggressive, like physically game this season that you've seen? It definitely felt like that when you were watching it. It, it felt like everyone was out there to hit the ball, to hit the field running, to push people out of their way. I mean, both sides. It just, it felt very aggressive. And not like, not in a malicious way. Like I never thought anyone was in danger. I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? You're going to break your leg. But it just felt like, everyone was there to to prove something to the coaches to the fans to to this league um and it was it was impressive to watch i mean it was it was very physical there's a, there's a little something extra it felt like i think to whoever's comment it was bills maybe sorry i already forgot earlier in the show but it felt like a playoff game 
It felt like that. Like that they, everybody Gordon. was going for something. Yeah, it was Bill. Um, Kev, do you, I, I guess on the aggressive point, do you agree? And then what do you think about attacking wise? Do you think this is the most aggressive we've played? It's way, I would say like, it wasn't like when the game finished, that wasn't one of my like main things I thought about the game, but in like in reflection of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it did tilt towards more aggressive in the physical sense and in how we defended and how we pressed and how we like attacked. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't know the status of which Louisville is an out and out rival for us. I, I mean, it, I, everything's kind of in limbo and, I, but I, you know, I, they're the top team. You want to lay something on them. We had a really bad game against them earlier in the season. And it feels like every time we come up against them, yeah, things can get physical. So I think there's a, there's a historical precedence there. Louisville came to do it to, to kind of, you know, kind of chop the game up a little bit. And yeah, I mean, I was really impressed at the number of times that kind of front five, what Dequa Dixon, Mertz, Forbes, Griffin, Ciceroni, um, they would press really high and, and, and we're doing everything they can. So yeah, no, I, it's, it's probably a good question and probably yes is my answer. I mean, but it wasn't like, Holy crap, like red cards everywhere. And that was nuts, yeah. but yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree on both counts. Let's go to our last question. Question two. I don't think that we've had as many shots on goal but we've had a lot of really great crosses. And I don't feel like we've missed sitters, but we've definitely been mispositioned. Well, I think we've been mispositioned. Am I right or am I wrong? Also, did we end up with a lot of hopes and dreams on that chart that I just didn't recognize? That's all I'm doing, guys. It's been an exciting game, but the questions are hard to come by. See you later. So, Liz, what do you think? Were we mispositioned in that game? Or how <laughs> yeah, that person you... didn't introduce himself, and I'm a little... Yeah, that person did not introduce oh, himself, no. so we're just going to go straight <laughs> to you. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. They didn't get a sticker either, so oh, justified. Um, I mean, I told you about Peters. Like, I think that he was mispositioned. You have the hopes and dreams chart up here. There are more hopes we... and dreams than I thought. Um, yeah. Like there's, you know, I like the one with the arrow just like off the chart. It's like you really should have scored this one. It only went yeah, in someone's face twice. No big deal. Look, looking I, at the I XG mean, real quick, we have it on screen. The Hounds had an XG of one point six three, and we kept Louisville to a zero point four one. So, in theory, we should have had closer to two goals in this game if we're rounding up. Uh, and Louisville was still at, you know, rounding up would be at half a goal. So that's that's sort of the hopes and dreams, but. Um, I just wanted to pull it up because you referenced it, Liz, but go ahead. Yeah, I think that there must have been something because, like I said, there were there were great crosses that went across the entirety of the goal, but there was no one in the place they needed to be either to throw out a leg or to bump it in with their head. And because you weren't anywhere in the entire, entire span of the goal, I think that there must have been some mispositioning. And for me, like I said, I think it's because we didn't utilize Peters correctly so that our forwards couldn't push forward faster we were also not offside as much as louisville was louisville was offside constantly which i did not recognize um and i don't know that maybe that would have been like the trade-off but since we were not offside i would have expected someone to be there to hit those crosses i think to your point about being mispositioned 
the shift to literally just playing the ball over the top and having four to five guys run onto it, that's not something that we've seen at all this season. So I could see it very much just being the game plan is in attack, you're going to play as a front four or five and we're going to play the ball over top and you're going to go. And in that scenario, you're pretty much just relying on the ability of the players to make something happen. Like I think Pep Guardiola was famous for like, I'm going to get you to the final third of the field. And then it's up to you to like make magic happen and score. He's like relying on his players to do that. And I think to a certain extent, when your game plan is we're going to play long balls over the top and hope it connects with somebody like Ciceroni or hope it connects with somebody like Dequa, you're kind of making up the rest of the play as you go. You're not working on stuff at practice going, okay, in this scenario, this worked. We now have the ball and we also happen to have three or four guys running and they don't necessarily know where they're running. So you're just kind of relying on the guys gelling and knowing instinctively where each other's going to be. And when we haven't played like this all season, you're not going to connect as often as if this was a set game plan that we saw game after game after game. So you're saying that they should have taken it in themselves. So like, I think Cicerone did a lot of support work. So you're saying that he should have just taken it in because they were going right over the top and he wasn't going to have someone there if he crossed it. I do feel like him and Griffin did a lot of support work in this game. Yes. Okay. I learned something today. Great. Thank you you're welcome no i'm really serious like i didn't know why it wasn't working and that makes sense to me that you they should have been a little bit more selfish yes i would agree with that all right so thank you everyone for your halftime huddle i wanted to talk about that question (laughs) we don't want to hear any negativity though i'll make it quick no look i I think the only thing like with, with that kind of stuff um i think one when you're in some ways, and not all, there were parts in the game where I thought the Hounds did a really good job of trying to control the play and slowly build up and create chances. In those instances, it's going to be really hard to break down a team like Louisville who are accepting that kind of position of like they weren't they weren't looking to press our center backs a lot. Like so, no. they were just kind of they're like, yeah, you can have it, kind of thing, and and that's hard to break a team down like Louisville in that way. In the other instances where we were attacking, it was a lot of like long ball diagonals to Cicerone or Dequa sitting on the shoulder of the last defender and just trying to break through. In those scenarios, things can get a little bit chaotic and moving a little bit quick, um, too quick to the point where, and you can be slightly out of position when you're transitioning so quickly. And so I think, you often have maybe only one person crashing the box when a cross comes in or something. It's like, you just need to bust the gut and get more people into the box. Like in, in those scenarios, okay. Partly you can probably like try to pick out your player a little bit more and try to make intelligent runs. But I think equally you kind of just need three or four people crashing the net. And we didn't, we, we have that in some other games. We really didn't have that that much this game. So you end up getting like Dequa crashing the cross doesn't connect. And then like Mertz is like slowly following up on the back, you know, back post or sister or something like that. So I thought it was, it was, it's, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of my take for there. Was, yeah. There were good crosses. I agree. Um, I don't know how you solve that issue, but yeah, that was my take. Peter's I think in the middle, of... more people. <laughs> We've covered this. Why aren't you listening to me? <laughs> 
I think part of it is if, if this is going to be a system that we play, a part of it, I think, is the surprise of like Louisville wasn't expecting this. So we just throw it at them and hope to get three points off of them. But if this is something that we're going to do again in the playoffs, then you just work on it more. So it's if the ball goes on a diagonal to Cicerone, rather than it be this full out crash and people don't know where they're going, give people set roles. And you know, you're going to the back post, you're going to the top of the box, you're going to front. And like, if we will see this again. If we see this again, I would be surprised if we saw it for more than 20 minutes of game. I don't think that this is going to be an entire game play again. This was something that we wanted to try and push and rattle their cages and, you know, come out of this as a, with a positive. I would be shocked if this is where Bob is going because he is so methodical and he does put he puts a high premium on his midfield and them being extremely versatile and being able to do defense or offense. And this just didn't utilize his the versatility that he has i would be shocked completely agree you said the point before i could i did it (laughs) i learned soccer guys (laughs) let's take a look at the standings real quick um just to sort of see how things shake up after this weekend so i think this is the first time that we've put up the standings and we have a little x next to our name because since the last time we talked we have officially clinched a playoff spot so Woohoo. Um, the, the standings is only showing the top nine, the top seven get into the playoffs. And the reason for that is everything below nine has already been eliminated. So at this point, um, top five are already in. We're just sort of jockeying for position. Miami, Detroit, Tulsa, and Indy 11 are sort of battling for those last two spots. And it's not looking good for Tulsa or Indy. I would not be surprised if the top seven now are what we're going to see come playoff time. But the big thing is we are now, after that draw, we are now in fourth place um, with 52 points. And Birmingham is directly beneath us with 51 points, which nicely segues into, hey, guys, we have a midweek game against Birmingham what a game. in Birmingham um, just to sort of like give you a sense of what to expect here. We only have five games left of the season. So we play Birmingham on Wednesday. Then we have a full week plus off and we have basically Saturday and Sunday games from then on out, but they're against West coast teams. We'll play orange County, San Antonio, Sacramento and Oakland roots. So this is our last Eastern conference game until the playoffs, which we're guaranteed a playoff spot. Um, putting even more pressure on making sure that we get points against teams that we can hurt in the playoff standings now, because over the next four games, it's just going to be sort of sitting back and watching them while we try to do what we can to, uh, to just pick up points. So a few things about Birmingham. Um, as I mentioned, we play Wednesday. Uh, basically, the game is at 8 o'clock, so it's a later game. Obviously, this is a six-point swing. So if we win this game, that gives us three points, and that's three points that Birmingham can't win from us. And so it's huge. I mean, if, if, if we want to control our destiny as we head into the playoffs, this is the moment to do it. So we have to come out. We have to show up. The interesting thing was I tried looking at some of the statistics um, of both teams to get a sense of like where we may differ statistically we're the same team like there's there's almost nothing to differentiate like the number of goals the number of clearances the number of clean sheets the number of even yellow cards and red cards are like neck and neck almost like dead even so it'll be very very interesting um, to sort of see how this shakes out we have a secret statistician and I'm not going to tell you their name um, I'm going to let you guess if you guess it then maybe i'll tell you who it is so if you're watching this live feel free to guess in the chat 
later if you have a sense feel free to tweet at us see if you can guess i bet you won't guess it's not shoes i'll just put it out there but the secret statistician let us know that under bob the hounds are 24 4 and 7 in league games played on a monday through friday so these midweek games under bob we are 24 4 and 7 which is kind of ridiculous um so what we a have weird a stat. Long. it's a very weird stat but it's, it's a it's a very good stat um just a few little things, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Our leading goal scorer so far is Ciceroni. He has 12. Their leading goal scorer is Enzo Martinez. He has 12. Um, so far, uh, Enzo Martinez leads their team in goals, shots, and assists. So if you're thinking, how is Lily going to game plan this? It could be around how do you shut down Enzo Martinez because the other supporting characters don't rise to the same level that our supporting characters do um the one other thing about birmingham is this past saturday as kevin alluded to they lost to indy four to three and their past five games has been a bit of a mixed bag they lost four to three they drew one one with miami who's beneath them in the table they beat the red bulls three to one and then uh beat memphis four to two which memphis is above them in the table and then they lost the detroit two to one at the beginning of or mid-august so it's just like it's really all over the place. Trying to get a sense of what to expect here is going to be really, really tough. We played them in May and we won one nothing. I tried going back previous seasons. The only time we were supposed to play them last year was in the playoffs and we had to forfeit due to COVID. We didn't play them at all the year before that. And I think the biggest game that we played it, them in two, 2019 was the 7 nothing playoff win that I'm sure we all remember. Um, my kids actually went home. One of my kids was crying because he felt bad for their players for how bad they were getting beaten so like that that sort of so that always sticks in my mind where i'm just like yeah it was pretty bad so based on all of that liz yeah <laughs> like what are you what are what are you expecting for this game um so I mean, I think it's going to be a hard game. I'm going to take out the Detroit game. Detroit is just, they've really put forth the effort this year. They've played more games than they've ever had to play before. They've come in um, and they've they've met the challenges. They're probably going to make playoffs. It's great. I'm going to take out that game because you just never quite know with Detroit whether or not it's going to be a win or a loss. It's just, I mean, they play really hard and obviously they're doing more winning, but I just, I feel like those games are less indicative of everyone's play. Um, than some other games. I mean, I'm going 2-1 win for us, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get the first goal and we have to fight back. Kev, what do you think? I mean, huge, huge game, as, as you mentioned. I I mean, I, as a fan, my mentality is just don't lose, can't lose. And I think that's, if I was the coach, like that's not what I'd be saying to the players. I don't think I don't think it's good, good to go and yeah, you can't go into a game and be like can't lose. You get, you, know, you want to play to win. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is to me, this is it. I you know, like, I I feel like the last four games will take care of themselves in one way or another. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a huge game. It's kind of giving some indication of you know the what ifs of last season with the playoffs they do feel uh, it feels like we've kind of hung around each other for the entire season. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm hoping for a draw. I think a draw is probably on the cards. Um, 
but I think the other thing is that could be a challenge. I don't think we've ever been in a scenario where we've we've had to like close out a game against a good team and like did it well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, I, I can't remember of a ton of scenarios. And this is I, I might very well be wrong here. But we're up like one nil. We're not playing well against a team that's like pretty good. And we're good at just like shutting it down. Obviously, in years gone by, we we can this season with this group of players. It feels like kind of like we have one speed, and that's to go forward, which is which isn't a bad thing, you know. But it's if if it's just not your game, and you know you're getting all the xg in the world, but you can't put it away. And so I don't know. I, I think it's gonna. Be, I'm really excited for this game. I, I mean, I was mostly excited for the Louisville game, and now that that's passed, I'm most excited for the Birmingham game. And, and then, then next week, yeah. I'll be most excited for the next game, and yes. next I mean, week, yes. be excited. yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I mean, this, this is huge, and so yeah, I and then I'm, I I'm hoping for a tie one one. I think that's probably what it's going to be, but yeah. I mean, in all reality, when you look at the points and how they shake out, this could likely end up being a preview of what the first round of the playoffs is going to be, and we're just going to be jockeying for is it here or is it there. So three points could potentially land us the, the home playoff game high mark and a draw or, you know, three points the other way could mean that we're traveling to Birmingham in the first round of the playoffs. So it seems like we just can't escape, at least for the past few years, Birmingham and Louisville in the playoffs. And so it's probably good to have these guys back to back. It's a I good mean, reminder too, like, especially towards the end of the season, like, you want to be in this position, right? Like you want to have games that matter. And oh, that, that's great. There, you know? I mean, there were years that we did this show where it was just like, uh, yeah. nope, not going to make the playoffs this year. Coasting so it's towards the end of season. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah. Yeah. I think Kevin, I, to build on what you're saying, like it's also great to have these specific teams at the end of the year, the kind of teams that you're like, okay, we get through this game. And I know we have like, the West coast that we have to deal with, but you're immediately going to see these teams again. Like you're going to have to pick up where you left off the last time that you met them. How's everybody feeling about yelling at each other? What was the red card situation? Did someone get sassy? Can we like pull on that? You know, what did we do? Well, what did we miss? Like you want to play them now because this is how they're going. This is the form they're going to be in during playoffs. I don't like, it's fine that, you know, we haven't even scheduled. We play them earlier, but Having these games at the end, I think you're right. It's really important to put you in the mindset of this is what I need to do because this is how they play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. I I would love three points. I think I, I was sort of banking on the Louisville game as being a sign of like, here we are on the upswing. And I think a lot of people will say that getting a point against Louisville is signs that we're on an upswing. Um but this being our last chance against the game, the teams from the East, the next four weeks, I, we're not going to know if those points, the points are going to matter, but we're not going to know if those results are going to matter as it relates to how we're going to do in the playoffs, because we just don't know the skill level of those teams in the playoffs. Last week, I had a chart that sort of highlighted the teams that were playing and where they are in the standings. And I was going to do that. And I said, no, let's just focus on Birmingham this week. We'll do that dance next week and look at where the, the West Coast teams are. So, so what's your score prediction? Oh, geez. So what's I the mean, question? <laughs> I'm gonna listen. Listen, I'll say I'm gonna say one nothing hounds because right. I think I think that 
if if everything flows, you think we get a team, shutout away from home midweek yes. against Birmingham? That's what he just said. Listen, Don't tell man. <laughs> listen, I think I. Let me put it this way. Based on our recent performances, I don't see us scoring more than one goal. So if we're going to win, you got to get the shutout. And I think if if anybody is going to find a way to silence a star player like Enzo Martinez, it's going to be Lily. He's going to Tyler Pasture it and potentially man mark him put and not Revere get the ball. Him. Yeah, put Danny Revere on him and like and just take him out of the game. And so I think tactically, if somebody's going to do it, I think it's going to be Lily. So I'm, I'm going to say one predictions in the chat. Yeah. Let's see. Harry's, on, the... Harry's on your side. He, he thinks that that's a good call and actual smart. And then Josh, this is why you can't be on the show anymore, sir. Um, three, one hounds. That's chaos. Three, one something. hounds. Team chaos here. Oh my gosh. Josh. I, really quickly. I mean, like, so <laughs> I would love a draw. I would love a point. Would you guys love a point? No, I, I I'd be happy. It's it's better than a loss. Like I, I Thanks. would love to wake up with three <laughs> points. So like it's based yeah. on the season and the way in which our teams match, it would be fine if we had a draw. However, ask me after the game whether or not I think that we came home with the right number of points. It all depends. Also, Mike pointed out we have all these supporting characters they don't have, and they're like our supporting characters are main characters. Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah. have. We have the players on the field. We have the roster. Let's go. Yeah. Dequa, Dixon, Mertz, Kenny. Let's go, guys. Get something done. Um, so, yeah. That is what we think. Obviously, let us know what you think. Liz, to your point, I would love to get your thoughts at halftime. So maybe uh, right. this week, since it's an away game, we'll jump on spaces. And whoever else wants to jump on spaces is welcome to join us. But you'll see it on Twitter at halftime. Um Share your thoughts. Let us know. Because like I said, on Saturday, both Justin and I said we'd be disappointed if we didn't get three points. That's how we were feeling at halftime. So it'll be very interesting to sort of see how things shake out. And then that gives us something to look back on at this and be like, man, we were wrong. Like the second half was (laughs) awful. And we're on the record for saying what we thought. So, yeah, check that out. Um, Anything else for this one? I feel like we talked about a ton. Good show. We're good. Yeah. Good you show. Guys are, you didn't make me look stupid. I appreciate that. I kept up. Hey, I little, listen. I was a little worried. I listen. I throw. I throw a lot of sass. I make a lot of one-off comments. Being on an hour-long show is a little bit of a different thing. But uh, <laughs> being around you guys for so long and like learning stuff, I think I actually might know some stuff. This was great. In my Liz, opinion. you. So so no joke. Come um, on every week. That's what I say. I, yeah, <laughs> heck with Josh. Seriously. No, I mean, some of the topics and stuff that you brought up were like topics that you've never discussed or you've never analyzed in that way before. And, and so as you were talking on the show, I was like, dang, okay, Liz, like, yeah, no, you got I, it. Well, so, right let, you right back at you. Like I, I learned from yeah. you. I mean, yeah, no, it's, this is, you're, it was great. It was fun. fun yeah. show. It's mutual admiration society. So we did it, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for joining us, Liz. And thank you everyone for joining us once again this is your reminder you can be part of the conversation as i mentioned earlier head over to twitter.com backslash mongols click on the link in our profile to join the twitter circle one dollar a month gets you in 30 bucks for the whole year gets you this hat as well that i'm wearing that those of you can see if you can't see there's a picture there too so great and lots of additional content um go check it out and if you sign up now it'll also count towards next year and do this like seasonally so um 
So yeah, go check that out. Weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. We are proudly part of the Beautiful Game Network, which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer. Help us keep doing what we're doing. Head to bgn.fm, click on the donate button, help us cover expenses. We appreciate your support. Otherwise, thanks everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Bye guys.